Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Mr. President, just a quick follow on the same theme of consequences. You said just now that you spoke to him a lot about human rights. What do you say would happen if opposition leader Alexei Navalny dies? I made it clear to him that I believe the the consequences of that would be devastating for Russia. I'll go back to the same point. What do you think happens when he's saying it's not about hurting Navalny, this, all the stuff he says to rationalize the treatment of Navalny? And then he dies in prison. I pointed out to him that it matters a great deal when a country, in fact, and they asked me why I thought it was important to, to continue to have problems with the president of Syria. I said because his violation of international norm is called a chemical weapons treaty. It can't be trusted. It's about trust. It's about their ability to influence other nations in a positive way. That is the president of the United States, Joe Biden, in 2021, speaking in Geneva, Switzerland. He sounded somewhat more cogent back then. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. Uh, It's not your radio. It is uh, my voice. This cold is going out with a, hey, Tony, we hate you. And I'm just trying to get rid of it as well. But that was Biden in 2021 discussing dissident Alexei Navalny, who, of course, was the leader of the opposition to Vladimir Putin, who, when he returned to Russia immediately, was put in jail and today died in jail at the age of 47. He went for a walk on Friday, and then he fell ill, and then he was unconscious, and now he's dead. Who knows how these things happen? Yeah, it's Russia. By the way, that's, that's, the, uh, that's the new uh, sitcom uh, that's available all over Moscow. That's Russia, featuring uh, Vladimir Putin and a uh, uh, strong man to the south to be named later, and special guest star Tucker Carlson. No? Too soon? Oh, come now. Interview, no problem. Thinking that, wow, they have really clean supermarkets. They're better than us. That's a whole thing. But the conversation here is about Joe Biden's words. And as we are seeing it, so we're following a multiplicity of things. Producer Carl is working overtime. We have Senator Todd Young scheduled to be with us to discuss this exact situation and what it means for the future of U.S. relations with Russia, for Russia's invasion of Ukraine, and whether or not this changes the United States' support for Ukraine to a greater extent. How do you then get the House of Representatives to act on legislation that you've already put forward through the Senate? Regarding funding, which isn't so much about funding for Ukraine as it is about building up stockpiles of ammunition that will be done through the United States. So why wasn't this a bill about ammunition and instead a bill about support for Ukraine? But Joe Biden is on record. Joe Biden is on record. Mr. President, just a quick follow on the same theme of consequences. You said just now that you spoke to him a lot about human rights. What do you say would happen if opposition leader Alexei Navalny dies? I made it clear to him that I believe the, the consequences of that would be devastating for Russia. I'll go- 
Now it's time to understand how. He said the words, devastating to Russia. How? How is it devastating? What nonsense blabber was utilized in June of 2021 in Geneva, Switzerland? And how does that affect us today? And if you want to wonder why I'm a guy who weeks ago, before anybody else was saying it, said the 25th Amendment had to be invoked and Joe Biden has to be removed from power. It's because this moment is the exact moment you cannot have an old man with a poor memory in charge. You think this is the safest moment? With all due respect, you're out of your head. And for those of you screaming, but Trump, do you understand how ridiculous your commentary has been since the very beginning? We live in the real world, a real dangerous world. Of course, Vladimir Putin has globalist ideals. He has expansionist desires. There is no question. Of course, he's moving uh, and, and amassing forces in a way that would threaten Estonia. This isn't the first time we've had the conversation. Of course, he is working towards how he can engage more weaponry from space. Major Mike Lyons, retired United States Army, will be with us to break that down a little bit further. Of course, his plan is to throw body after body after body after body without regard for what body it is at Ukraine until he takes what he can take. I have always argued it's going to end with some loss of land for Ukraine. Well, now you got to wonder whether it's going to end with the loss of Ukraine. We are following this. And Joe Biden is set to speak sometime uh, this afternoon. Uh, my plan is, is to bring it to you uh, to the best of my ability. We're also following what in the world is happening with Fonnie Willis. Because that story is nuts. That Fonnie Willis takes the stand yesterday. And it is this I mean, wait, first let me take a step back. She is the uh, district attorney in Fulton County in Georgia. She is the one bringing charges against President Trump under RICO, the racketeering statutes. She is the one who hired her lover, Nathan Wade, paying him more money than she would have paid somebody else. And now, after learning about their relationship, which may have started earlier than both of them said... We find that he took them on vacation, the two of them, multiple vacations, put everything on his business credit card. And she allegedly, thank you there, Squirrely Dan, paid him back in cash. In cash. Sure. Sure she did. Because she keeps cash around the house because her dad told her to keep cash around the house, which is not a bad idea, by the way. But he pay, she paid him back? No. How about this? She overpaid using the public's money. She got vacations because that was the price of the overpayment. That's called a kickback. Some people would call it money laundering. Now that I think about it a little bit more, I think it's just a kickback. And she's on the stand yesterday because she didn't want to take the stand. She was fighting the subpoena. Because you've got uh, some of the defendants in this case now charging her with impropriety. She shouldn't be allowed to prosecute this case. And so they put Nathan Wade on the stand 
And that dude is like, I, I don't I don't know how to describe it. Except, oh yeah. Oh yeah, I paid for this, I paid for that. She gave me cash. It was cool. Like it's the most nonchalant thing in the world. It's a little bit more than nonchalant. And then Fonnie Willis is like, oh, I want to take the stand. Oh, I want to have this out. And she does. In 2019, he's never been to South Fulton. In 2019, I lived in South Fulton. He has never been to my residence in 2019, ever, not once. In 2019, he's never been to your residence any place. I lived in my home in South Fulton before I started getting the threats that were here, a house I paid for with my own sweat and tears. I'm no longer able to live there. But in 2019, I did. And in the two months of 2019 that I knew Mr. Wade, three months, the beginning of October, all of November and all of December, Mr. Wade never came to my house in South Fulton. Let me help you out. I lived there in 2020. He never came to my house in 2020, let alone live with me as you put falsely in these documents. In the first three months of 2021, when I could still enjoy my home, Mr. Wade never came to South Fulton, and it is certainly a lie that he lived with me. So in 2020, let's, so you said 2019, 2020, did Mr. Wade ever visit you at a place that you He resided? has never been to my home in South Fulton. 2020 was before I knew that a phone call was going to be made and I was going to have to abandon my home. As a result thereof, he never visited, lived at, came to, or has seen South Fulton. You qualified that with your home in South Fulton. I'm That's asking, where I lived in 2020. In 2020, did he ever visit you at a place that you resided? Okay. I don't understand. You want to give me guys. In 2020, so, I lived in South Fulton. Okay. That's the only place I lived in South Fulton. That's before I had to abandon my home, Judge. All right. And- and now she's asking the judge to explain what the heck is going on. She was out of her head. I'm going to break down more of this uh, coming up. So we are watching for President Biden. If he has words about uh, the death of Alexei Navalny. We are um, getting ready to speak with Senator Todd Young. He'll be with us a little bit later from Indiana. He is a guy who voted for the aid package, uh, the, the money for Ukraine, for Taiwan and for Israel. Uh, we are waiting to see if there is a ruling in this case against Fonnie Willis that would take her away from actually being in charge of the case against Donald Trump. That's all happening today, right now, as we speak. We are covering every bit of it. We will bring to you exactly what we have when we get it. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz Today. down 25 nasdaq is down 38 i will get to more of the markets coming up in a little bit as we're watching 
a whole bunch of news stories that are breaking all around us. Maybe some understanding of what's going to happen with Fonnie Willis. We're going to possibly hear from President Biden. In the midst of it all, how about something calming and relaxing? Something to make us all feel better. Like, for example, I I, I don't know, um, a uh, Mansion Romney 2024 ticket. I hate Illinois Nazis. That was totally unnecessary. That was uncalled for. I apologize, Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney. That was just, that was just wrong. I'm just saying that, you know, the, the, the no labels ticket of Manchin Romney. Ew, David. That's the, that is so rude. That would be a winner. No, 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 no. Uh, did I say hello, Tony Katz? Tony Katz today? That's me. That's the the the, the show. Joe Manchin was at uh, at a, an event where, of course, he doesn't want to, you know, discuss uh, launching a third party presidential bid, but stated hypothetically, this is what he says: hypothetically, if I was picking my running mate. Really, who I would ask right now is Mitt Romney. I don't know what you want me to do. What, what in the world do you want me to say? What could I possibly say? It's embarrassing! It really is. Really, really is. May I ask, not not necessarily you, right? And don't think about your own politics, right? You're 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 biased and you're slanted. You're whatever. You're bought and paid for. Whatever it is they say about somebody who's made up their mind. Um, let's say you haven't made up your mind. Has your mind ever gone to Mansion Romney? Where is the marketplace here? Where where does it exist? Who is it for? Where is the person who says, that's, that's the answer. That's what I've been searching for. That's who speaks for me. Now, I can say to you that there are a fair amount of conservatives who feel like they're on an island. Nobody's talking for them. They'll vote for Trump if Trump's the nominee. They'll do what they have to do. But man... They don't feel like anybody's talking to them, listening to them, being rational. They're not populists. I'm one of those people. Not a populist. No thank you. There's my arm's length. Have a nice day. It's, it's, it's a terrible idea. It's a flat-out dangerous idea. No thanks. So where is the actual conservative voice engaged in a conservative conversation and engaged in these ideas about how you move things down the road, the maximum amount of liberty with the least amount of government? How do you create a a society in which you don't have a constant uh, warring uh, segment, but you aren't afraid to utilize your power? That candidate ain't there. That candidate is not there. Because if you say to me, well, that candidate is Trump. No, 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 no. 
Trump is the candidate who's going to say no to war. Nope. No war. The answer is not no war. I know that's going to sound weird to people. Oh, so you're a warmonger, Tony. No, no, no. Because that would mean that the answer is always war. The answer is there are moments where one has to fight. I, I would think that that is the, the agreeable place. There are moments where one has to fight and there's moments where one has to fight properly. And there are moments where one should be supportive of ideas and ideals that would ensure we don't have the fight, but somebody else does, maybe. Maybe. Which is the conversation about the support of Ukraine. Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney don't fit that bill, do they? Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney don't fit that bill because what is it about what they would discuss that would make one believe they would start with the ultimate first step which is a conversation about strength. How would Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney go about building a military? How would Joe Manchin and Mitt Romney go about building an economy? And what would make anybody think that Joe Manchin could be trusted after he allowed for the Inflation Reduction Act? And how could anybody think Mitt Romney could be trusted if he's a guy who could be shut down by Candy Crowley. Both of these men have had opportunities to engage in a level of leadership that people could say, huh, both missed their opportunities. Mitt Romney could have been president. And we all forget how close he was. Now, you say to me now, thank goodness he wasn't. And I'll say to you, not having a second term of Barack Obama, second term of Barack Obama, you would have rather had Mitt Romney. I mean, that's just, that is just factual. But I get your point about a disdain for Mitt Romney. I would never have wanted a Joe Manchin presidency, but he had an opportunity to really stand up and say to this party, you have to stop being crazy with the spending. And instead, he got suckered in, feel the air quotes, suckered in to the Inflation Reduction Act. He didn't understand that it didn't reduce inflation. Well, I'm sorry. Two strikes and you're out and you each got one. I don't know where that audience is. I don't know who those people are who would be attracted to this idea of a mansion Romney. I think the only people attracted to it are the people who work for Manchin or Romney. That is not to say that there won't be a place for a third party or there couldn't be a place for a third party. I believe that that there could. Do I believe it's Robert F. Kennedy? Maybe for some people, not for me. If my choice was Manchin, Romney and Robert F. Kennedy, I'd, I'd have to start drinking more bourbon. But there is going to eventually be more and more of this third-party talk and third-party movement. But Manchin Romney cannot kick it off. Where is that audience? I mean, I brought it up from the political right. Where in the bloody world is it from from the political left? And you think it's with these two guys? Nah. Nah, this this is some good pipe dream stuff. I'm Tony Katz. This is Tony Katz today.
Mr. President, just a quick follow on the same theme of consequences. You said just now that you spoke to him a lot about human rights. What do you say would happen if opposition leader Alexei Navalny dies? I made it clear to him that I believe the the consequences of that would be devastating for Russia. I'll go back. Well, now Alexei Navalny is dead at the age of 47 in a Russian prison somewhere north of the Arctic Circle. So what will be the consequences for Vladimir Putin and the consequences for Russia? And does this change the equation of the aid package that sits with the House of Representatives passed by the Senate that brings $60 billion to Ukraine but actually is utilized for the building of bullets right here in America? And how does any of this play into a long-term strategy? Certainly when Russia is trying to weaponize space, as we were told in this cryptic post by Chairman Mike Turner of the House Intelligence Committee, where it is believed what he is discussing is the ability to utilize space and utilize weaponry to destroy satellites, as they did one of their own spy satellites that they launched in 1982. Is Russia the threat of our lifetime? Or is this much ado about nothing? And is Joe Biden a guy who is going to live up to his own words? Tony Katz, good to be with you. That is a lot to cover. Senator Todd Young joins me right now from Indiana. He is the senior senator of Indiana and, of course, my senator as well. Sir, forgive the voice. It's just a cold. The mind still works pretty well. Uh, The news released this morning that Alexei Navalny, who has been the opposition uh, leader to uh, Vladimir Putin, who came back to Russia and was immediately put in in jail, has died in prison. your thoughts to that and to the how does that change, if at all, relations between the United States and Russia? Yeah, thank you uh, for having me on, Tony. I appreciate it. I'm, I'm playing a little hurt today, too. So uh, if I sound out of the weather, um, listen, it is uh, it's a somber occasion today. Um, Alexei Navalny, he was uh, without doubt uh, uh, the leader of the opposition movement, uh, such as it was in Russia. Uh, certainly, that was the case after the killing of Progozin uh, just some time ago. And uh, he showed incredible bravery, character, heroism uh, over a number of years, uh, trying to build a, a movement of people mobilize that movement, even from behind bars, verbally communicating utterances to his attorneys who would in turn uh, put those on uh, social media. Uh, so we, we lost uh, our, uh, a leader, of, uh, a democratic leader uh, of, of world significance. He also demonstrated uh, to the world that many Russians don't want They don't want the autocrat in power. They want something other than Vladimir Putin. So uh, there is a natural inclination, especially in a totalitarian state, which is what we now have in Vladimir Putin's Russia. There's a natural inclination to rally around one's leader, uh, even uh, in the case of wars that uh, are instigated. Uh, by your own country and and done so unlawfully and immorally. It's just a human pulse to sort of rally around 
one's one's leader. But amidst those significant headwinds, we still know there is a massive, massive uh, group of people who uh, are are prepared for ready for something else. And and so um, I think it's important to sort of begin there because that lays a predicate for further conversation about the future of Russia and uh, whether or not this is an immovable force of Vladimir Putin, his cronies and the military, uh, which uh, submits to his uh, every whim as, as we think about the conflict in Russia and some of the difficult decisions we're having to make. With respect to President Biden, there's no question uh, he laid down the, the proverbial gauntlet. He pledged there would be devastating consequences. When the President of the United States makes those sorts of pledges, uh, establishes red lines, those red lines have to be enforced. They have to be enforced. And so it begs the question, something uh, we'll be pressing President Biden on uh, consistently, what now? Well, I would say Congress also has an obligation. Uh, we need to continue to refor- uh, resource the freedom fighters in Ukraine who are uh, paying in blood, playing, paying the United States uh, and our allies in blood for uh, diminishing the military capabilities of Vladimir Putin and also paying in, in, in blood. We send them the weapons. Uh, and, and, and they fight in order to deter further aggression in other areas of the world. You know, as bad as Vladimir Putin is, there are other autocrats who seek to undermine U.S. interests, from our trade to our intellectual property to our, our the very welfare of our families and communities. Xi Jinping, China, that's one of them. He's stealing big pieces of ocean wants to grab uh, Taiwan. Uh, We rely on Taiwan for a lot, but uh, among other things, semiconductors, which, you know, they go into everything with an on-off switch, try modern life without on-off switches. Um, I'm going to bring it back just a little bit. Because I understand yeah. bringing up China, but I do want to focus, talking to Senator Todd Young uh, of, sure. of, of Indiana, and, and the focus is is not even on whether or not we should be supportive of, of Ukraine. You talk about the Ukrainians play, paying uh, with their blood. That's absolutely uh, true. They were the ones yeah. who were invaded. I'm not saying it is right, yeah. but if there's something they're going to pay, that is exactly what is go- they're going to pay with. I want to get back to what Joe Biden said, because it would seem to me that Joe Biden's commentary, quote, I made it clear to him, meaning Vladimir Putin, that I believe the consequences of Alexei Navalny dying in prison would be devastating for Russia. That is making a statement that is a that call it a threat, call it what you will. So now the question is, has Joe Biden committed the United States to some kind of forceful reaction to Russia, towards Russia, on Russia, with Alexei Navalny dying? Yeah, well, what, that's what we need to press him on, Tony. We don't want time and place of our choosing. We want an unambiguous response. We want a response like 
They're asking for jets. They're asking for tanks. We're giving them uh, jets and tanks to diminish Vladimir Putin's military power and uh, get him out of power. Uh, We are asking our secretary of state to uh, immediately convene ambassadors within NATO and uh, in, in Japan and, and uh, so many other countries and saying collectively, we all decide uh, that we are going to be tightening down our sanctions. Uh, no more business with, with Russia because we know that uh, that's, that's a porous exercise where uh, even, even a little bit of, of, of trade leads to benefits to their military. So that's the sort of response we want. We're already in a wartime posture in the sense that uh, so there, there, there are many things that have tools that have already been brought to bear. But there's additional things that need to be brought to bear. And this is where President Biden has fallen short. Um, you can't you can't be half in in a war. You're either at war or you're not at war. We are at war. It's a unique sort of war where blessedly. Uh, American-made weapons are being sent overseas uh, and given to other brave freedom fighters. Uh, so it doesn't require the deployment of our own forces. Um, and there, are, you know, we're not getting into the root causes. Happy to do that, but 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 so there there are limitations to our involvement in this war. But but we're at war, so we should not be pulling punches. And I've just listed a couple of things that I see we could do. But, you know, the president of the United States has the entire military apparatus. And to that end, sir, I'm going to I'm going to just forgive me for interrupting. Normally, I don't do that. Talking to Senator Todd Young, President Biden is speaking right now uh, and responding to reporters on this subject. I hope to God it helps. But I mean, the idea we need anything more to get the Ukraine aid. I mean, I mean, this is. In light of a former president's statement that saying Russia, if, if they haven't paid their dues to us, go get them. Come on. What are these guys doing? What are they doing? Sir, how concerned are you about the anti-satellite capability that Russia is developing? And what is your administration planning to do in response? First of all, there is no nuclear threat to the people of America or anywhere else in the world with what Russia is doing at the moment. They're starting to answer some other questions uh, being asked about, for example, that threat, as I I mentioned earlier, Representative Mike Turner uh, mentioning uh, on X. Uh, Your point being, Senator Young, that that you you believe that there should be a response to the death of Alexei Navalny. In your view, is that response one that is United States to Russia? Or is that response to you that the House should authorize what the Senate has already authorized in terms of an aid package, and that should be, in your view, there should be even more, and that should be the way we respond? Well, Tony, you're a really smart guy, and your listeners are smart, um, and, and they will know, many of them will know, that I already support it before we knew that uh, uh, Navalny had likely been killed by Vladimir Putin. I already support it. Uh, continuing to resource the Ukrainian, Ukrainian freedom fighters. 
But I also emphasize that if we're going to support them, we had to be in this thing to win. We had to be in this thing uh, not with undue reservations about risk of escalation. That's a serious issue, but the president has has showed far too many uh, reservations when uh, Ukrainians requested military platforms to send them. So now I think because the president has has done something which is um, typically ill-advised, he established a red line. Maybe a red line that uh, he didn't wasn't prepared to enforce, but he established a red line. So there's an opportunity for the president. Number one, continue to make the argument, which he should have been making anyway. I'm glad he's making it now. Why this is important to the American people, why it's important to our way of life, our national security. And in the end, it's going to save us a lot of human and, and material resources anyway. So he needs to do that. But number two, once we authorize additional funding for the Ukrainian freedom fighters. Now we can say, you know what? I wasn't prepared to send tanks or whatever they need before standoff weapons. Uh, but I am now because Navalny has been killed. So he can have it both ways. And I would encourage him to do so. Now, folks like myself will, will be reminding people uh, that President Biden has, you know, but for his reluctance, Ukrainians may have already won, you know, I mean, so it's fair because he's up for a job interview for me to continue to make that that statement. Uh, But uh, I want what's best for our country, best for our security. So I would encourage him to go ahead and and uh, use this opportunity to finesse his support, increase his support for the Ukrainians. I hope that was clear. So just uh, for for the sake of clarity, before I I let you go, nothing about the death of Alexei Navalny, talking to Senator Todd Young of Indiana, has you thinking that because the president said the the, uh, consequences would be devastating for Russia, leads you to believe that President Biden, the United States, should get itself involved in a war posture with Russia directly, rather you would keep things to support of Ukraine. Well, exactly. And that's, that is, the answer is yes. I could stop there, but I think it's really important that I uh, add this. One of the primary reasons we are involved in Ukraine is, is to prevent America's sons and daughters from having to be deployed on the ground in a NATO allied country. If Putin grabs Ukraine, The next big one is going to be Poland. Poland is on the border of Ukraine. Poland is a signatory to NATO. The NATO treaty says under Article 5 that if Poland's territory is attacked, is abridged, the United States and other countries will respond militarily. So we would have a treaty obligation if we didn't respond pursuant to that treaty no it would be like violating a contract your credit score goes way up okay so our our national credit score would go way up no one would ever sign treaties with us we'd lose our alliances our trading relationships would be undermined and so forth so that's what's at stake we want to prevent that cascading of events on the cheap there is an opportunity for president biden to step up to put his money where his mouth is, 
and to actually resource the Ukrainians, because I think Congress is going to put on his desk for his signature some additional resourcing um, to so that this stuff can be set in motion. Senator Todd Young of Indiana, I appreciate you taking the time to be with us on short notice. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, there is more to get to. I'm Tony Katz. I have a bunch of stories about the economy I wanted to get to, and I just, I, I don't know, they're just hitting me as, the, as, as they hit me, and this came from the New York Post. An average pizza in New York, right? A staple, a staple of New York. The average cost of a pizza, a whole pie, is $33.65. That's for a one topping. So pepperoni, boom. That's nuts. Now, it might not be that much where you live, but these are the things, when we talk about the economy and how the administration doesn't see that we're bothered by what it is we're experiencing, they don't do these basics. 33 bucks for a pizza is too much for a pizza. This is Tony Katz today.